This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your host, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Wednesday, September 2nd, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with an avid subscriber to the Washington Post, Jason Shepard. Uh, I am not, but BYU Sports Nation is is in. It Let's just say not only is it in, it is responsible yes. for an article in the Washington Post. Would you like to explain? Because wow. this is not uh, very long ago we had this, this guest on the show. Chuck Culpepper, a writer for the Washington Post, was discussing the ever-changing landscape of college football in 2020 with us a few weeks ago. And we pointed out that BYU is the only team west of Texas playing in college football. And he said, you know, that's a great point you make. I should write a story on that. We're like, hey, you're welcome. Ba-boom! Here's the story Little did you know. Here is the story today. And uh, on no less, the seventh anniversary of BYU Sports Nation's launch. Happy seventh anniversary. Happy BYU anniversary. Yes. It How only took that? us seven years to get into the Washington Post. <laughs> what you, a journey. It, it has been a journey. In fact, should we go in the Wayback Machine and actually hear? Oh, boy. Do you want to do And we can't show you because it wasn't on TV at the time. Oh, radio so only? It is a radio only. Oh, Let's actually geez. go back to the very first episode Listen in to what it was like. I'm a little scared. Uh, happy Monday, sports friends. Welcome to a special debut edition of BYU Sports Nation. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside Jerem Jordan, wherever and however you may be joining us. Thanks for making us part of your holiday. Yeah, this is a big deal. We're very excited to bring this show to you. We finally have a daily sports talk show on a national station, BYU Radio, and so we're excited that you are listening. Speaking of... What's trending? (laughs) You sound seven years younger. (laughs) I've grown so much in seven years. Seven years of growth, yes. Yes, The gray hairs are there. The hairline has receded a little bit more, you know. Back then, you were just on radio, so. Hey, we're on national television. The the leaps and bounds that the show has taken in seven years is pretty remarkable and, and a lot of fun. It's been, like I said, a wild ride. And, of course, every and, time we bring up that first show, can't help but think and look, it's coming off that horrible loss to Virginia in that deluge where they had to stop the game and delay it because the field was flooded. And somehow BYU loses to Virginia, and we're launching on Labor Day after that. We're like, hey, we got this new show. Cougars just lost uh, 19-16. to 16. I would say that probably the biggest transformation is Jerem. Who's gone from looking like Jerem to not looking like Jerem at all? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he's he's had. He clearly uh, has made on this anniversary. He has clearly made the biggest transformation in seven years. (laughs) He doesn't even look like himself anymore. (laughs) He had a mustache back then, and that long flowy hair. I had a mustache two days ago. Yes, you did. Where did it go, by the way? I'm not. It's kind of embarrassing. When you don't have facial hair, <laughs> you forget you have it. And so when I started shaving, I accidentally shaved on my upper lip and I went, oh, no. 
because I'm not used to having it. And so I'm like, well, I guess that's gone. <laughs> you didn't want to keep half of a mustache? I, yeah, nope. No, I did not. Oh, my god. Yeah, goodness. no, I did not. Seven years in, Jason Shepard's <laughs> facial hair, the center topic of discussion. <laughs> that is what is not trending. That is not trending. A show lineup today fit for a seven-year celebration, including the best use for a Super Bowl ring Ever, according to BYU legend Andy Reid. BYU football's fast track to national relevance. We'll take you through that map. My one-on-one interview with senior cornerback Troy Warner. His emotional response to Matt Bushman's injury, really heartfelt. And deep blue with QB1 Zach Wilson. Like I said, celebratory. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. As you were just talking about, Spencer, BYU announced that tight end Matt Bushman is done for the season after suffering an injury during Monday's practice last night on BYU football with Kalani Sitake. The head coach said this about losing Matt Bushman. It was really hard for that moment for our team, you know. We had a a moment of of prayer for him, and, you know, I I think uh, the goal now is to play for him and and, uh, to honor him. Uh, But his leadership was still carry on you know and I think that uh it won't be able to be on the field for us this year but I think we can rely on him uh being being in support of our players and it gives a chance for the others to step up on Instagram Matt Bushman said this quote thank you for the love and support everyone your messages have helped me during this time I'll be back in a few months end quote we certainly hope uh, all the best for Matt and his family I admire him love his family his wife, Emily, is an incredible person. Yes, she is. They are the definition of a BYU power couple. Absolutely. And they're expecting a baby within the week. Holy cow. <laughs> Talk about uh, dealing with some big-time changes. BYU football continues preparation for their season opener on Monday night, an ESPN Labor Day special. The Cougars will be facing a brand-new Navy quarterback. His name is Dalen Morris, while the midshipmen... We'll deal with third-year starter Zach Wilson. Here's Navy's defensive coordinator Brian Newberry on what he thinks about BYU's starting quarterback. I think the quarterback is a, is a very, very good player. Uh, athletic enough to beat you with his feet and create some problems there. Uh, can make just about any throw on the field. You know, I know last year um, they said he was about 80%, you know, from a health standpoint. And so, scary to think about what he's going to be at at 100%. So, Brian, I am very excited to see what Zach Wilson will be at 100%. I don't think scared is anywhere in my uh, emotional range. No, no, no. All BYU fans very excited to see what a 100% healthy Zach Wilson can do. According to Dan Patrick of the Dan Patrick Show, the Big Ten could begin their college football season on October 10th. What? I know. Now, the conference would need to pass safety measures and protocols before any return-to-play actions could be taken. However... Nebraska AD Bill Moose, I'm assuming it's Moose, M-O-O-S, was asked about the potential start date in October, and he said, quote, there's nothing to that, end quote. So stay tuned. And let's be honest, Nebraska has been one of the most outspoken about wanting to play, so if their athletic director is saying there's nothing to it, that seems to hold a lot of weight in my mind. This is just all such a weird look for the Big Ten. Like, they have so much tradition and prominence as a conference. I'm surprised to see... It be this story one day and a totally different rhetoric another day. And you've got conflicting reports like it's just it's a bad look for the Big Ten. There's a lot of pressure coming from different sides 
of of this for the Big Ten. The president of the United yes. States was on the phone. Yes, President with the Big Trump Ten was talking yesterday. with the commissioner and having conversations about, hey, you need to play. Like th- it's it has gotten huge. It and I didn't mean that. That's <laughs> not, that did, it's not what I meant. I did not mean to say that. Yeah. Hello, hello, David Warren. It's oh, it is a very big golf, deal. College yes. football is huge. <laughs> It's completely unintended. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, as Jason mentioned, stay tuned to that. Uh, If they want to start on October 10th, then they're positioning, you would think, to try and be included in a potential and hopeful college football play. I I don't know. Look, we can get into that. I don't know how that works. You can't start three months after everybody else and expect everybody else to wait for you. As it stands now, 76 teams playing, none from the Big Ten, 54 sitting out. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU football has been ranked exactly nine total weeks in nine years of independence. Do that super complicated math. <laughs> That's an average of one week per season in independence. Never do live math on TV or radio. I mean, it could be worse, but it's certainly not the BYU prestige that BYU fans want it to be or sometimes still try and paint it to be. BYU in the S&P rankings, according to Bill Connolly of SB Nation, Jason, at number 51 out of 130. We went to uh, the extent of getting rid of all of the teams that are not playing in those rankings and then re-ranking everything. BYU comes in at number 33 in the modified 76. Does that make them nationally relevant? In fact, Jason, at any point this fall, will BYU football be nationally relevant? This is one of those questions that I think you have to define what nationally relevant is. And I think everybody's going to have their own interpretation of what that means. I look at it two ways. First, in my mind, BYU is going to be nationally relevant simply because they're going to get the national exposure. Being on ESPN on Monday Night Football, the only game on Labor Day. Being on Big Boy CBS in the afternoon when the SEC is normally getting some of those games. Wild. And then being the only team in the West playing every weekend. And I know somebody is going to say, well, what about Air Force? You're playing two games. I'm not counting that. BYU is the only one that's playing what looks like as close to a full schedule as possible out West. That alone is going to give BYU national relevancy because they're going to be able to be watched by millions. When you want to watch a game on the West Coast over a weekend, you're going to get one option. (laughs) It's BYU. That makes you nationally relevant. Now, the other definition of nationally relevant is to be in the top 25 or in the conversation for a New Year's Six or a college football playoff at the end of the season. With BYU's schedule, I think the win should be there. The top 25 is not crazy. Top 25 is absolutely something this team should be able to do this year. Now, the New York Six, the college football playoff, that's not something I'm even going to allow myself to entertain right now. Wow, not even you. Not, not, right, not, like, right, not right now. Okay. Not right now. But, yes, BYU will be nationally relevant because BYU will, will be able to be seen, and they should win a lot of football games. To me, that equates to being nationally relevant. It is wild to think that of all the sports bars and Buffalo Wild Wings and all of these different chains that want people to come and eat food and watch football on Monday night, it's BYU and Navy. Yeah. With Reese Davis and Kirk Herbstreit on the call. It just, 
It's unbelievable that it has evolved into this, yet here we are less than a week away. It feels like it's really happening, and I could not be more excited. And then, as you pointed out, Jason, CBS, we announced yesterday ESPN is going to come in 815 Mountain, 1015 Eastern on Saturday, September 26th for what is slated to be the BYU home opener against Troy. You want to watch college football late on September 26th? You're watching BYU. That, that game will be the game on at Buffalo Wild Wings and all the other sports bars across the country. Like, oh, BYU and Troy. Okay, now if BYU is 2-0 in that game, Jason, oh, baby. Talk about maximizing the opportunity. If they can get past Navy and Army, then they will be nationally relevant because they will be ranked, Jason. Only 76 teams playing if BYU is 2-0 with road wins against the service academies in those national spotlights where the people that vote and are watching are really watching. Then I think the Cougars not only will be nationally relevant because they'll be in the spotlight, but they'll be ranked yes. and in the spotlight. That, you need two things to be nationally relevant. You need to win a lot of games, and I think BYU can do that this year with this schedule certainly, and you got to have people watch you. That shouldn't be a problem this year for BYU. Both of those things should be here for BYU this year. Certainly, the the exposure from being able to be on ESPN and CBS and all that, that stuff, we already know that's happening because the, that stuff's already scheduled. But the fact that BYU has a schedule in which they have a veteran team playing a, a, a schedule that is is not as difficult as what we have seen in years past. Not even close. The, the wins should be there. So you combine a lot of wins with people being able to see you. That equals nationally relevant to me. Okay, and so people will say, well, all right, great. So BY, let's say that uh, they start 3-0, Spencer. Uh, then they play Texas State, New T San Antonio. I mean, there's a Houston in there, but wouldn't they drop off the map then? Uh, not if they're ranked. If they're ranked, then they will maintain the window that ESPN wants them to be in as a ranked team. Hey, check out the undefeated Cougars. Yes. They're playing late on a Saturday night against whoever, but because they're ranked, they matter. At the top of the list of national relevance for BYU because they do not have a conference, and we have oft mentioned it on this program, is being in the top 25, even if it's a modified top 25. Yes. Even if BYU is in the top third of college football this year, they would be a top 25 team. Of note, from the S&P rankings as well, we're all kind of pointing at, okay, the road game at Navy, that's a tough one to open the season. They're going to be hard-nosed. They're going to be well-prepared. They are extremely well-coached by Ken Niamatololo. Houston, we think, is going to be much better. Dana Holgerson, good coach. He's got some great athletes at Houston. They're coming to Provo. We have pointed at those two games as the toughest games. The S&P rankings, Jason, we discovered this yesterday, have Western Kentucky as the highest-ranked opponent that BYU will face this year at 57, followed by Houston at 58, and Navy at 62. Western Kentucky, and this goes to my group of five anxiety level, Jason. They freak me out. The Hilltoppers scare me because, as I said a few weeks ago, they reek of northern Illinois yes. and Toledo and South Florida. But will BYU maintain the composure and the level of uh, high-intensity play that they have early in the season by the time they get to a Western Kentucky on Halloween? I hope so. I hope there's enough maturity on this team that they do that. We're going to get into that conversation coming up a little bit later on in Buy, Sell, or Hold in terms of do we think that Western Kentucky is 
because according to the S&P, like you said, they are, they would be the, the most dangerous opponent or the toughest opponent, according to the S&P, that BYU would face. Sure. We'll discuss later on if, that's act- if we think that's actually true. And ESPN's football power index has Navy and Houston yes. as the toughest opponents, then Western Kentucky. These are contrasting polls, but a lot of people like the S&P because they feel like it's a more uh, collaborative and, uh, I guess, a better overall metric. So, Makes me well, think of the stock market. <laughs> Anytime somebody says the S&P, I think we're going to buy, sell, you know, yeah. Our question of the day, all about BYU football and being national relevance. How did the Cougars gain that desired national relevance in this strange 2020 modified season? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At T Neal underscore three on Instagram with this. When people check scores Saturday night or Sunday morning, they're checking the top 25. Being there for multiple weeks and finishing the season there will equal national relevance. BYU has not finished a season ranked in the Associated Press poll since 2009. It has been 11 years since BYU finished a season in the AP Top 25. I agree wholeheartedly. If you are ranked, you are relevant. If the Cougars can finish ranked, then you have taken a major step forward. Yes. Kalani Satake in year five has eclipsed and traversed into an area that he hasn't really sniffed in his first four years, finishing in the Top 25. It is certainly a goal, and it is a goal that I believe is attainable this season. Coming up, win a Super Bowl, get a cheeseburger? What? <laughs> I like it, though. <laughs> I think you can get more than that, but hey, why, why not? <laughs> Aim high. And I was so excited for football yesterday, I literally had to pull my car over and uh, talk one-on-one over Zoom with Troy Warner. He had some outstanding things to say about why he thinks this team is different, and you don't want to miss his emotional response about Matt Bushman's injury. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Did you miss BYU football with Kalani Satake last night? You don't need to worry. The show is available on demand. You can watch as the coach and Greg Rubel get us ready for BYU at Navy to open the season. Watch the show on demand on the BYU TV app. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jason Shepard. Have you received your copy of the Washington Post yet today? Uh, I have not. I'll uh, check when I get home, see if the paper boy threw it on the uh, the front porch. The article includes uh, BYU Sports Nation follower at Glemonade, Eric Glem. Uh, who was interviewed by Chuck Culpepper, kind of giving the fan perspective on that. So uh, pretty cool to see some BYUSN people in there. Jason, we live in a world of on-the-go communication. (laughs) Um, That's probably an undersell. Zoom interviews, Bluetooth calls. It's all about maintaining the social distance but staying in contact. The one-on-one interview scenario I had yesterday with BYU senior safety Troy Warner (laughs) featured all of this. Hanging out in my car, you know, after a soccer game for my four-year-old. But we do what we got to do to communicate with the people we want to hear from him. Troy Warner over Zoom. He's in the student-athlete building and on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline right now. Troy, when I say BYU at Navy in under a week, what is the first thing that goes through your mind thinking about the season opener? First thing that goes through my mind is let's get it. I'm just, I'm just excited, ready, ready to, to play some ball. And I think uh, I speak for everybody on the team. We're all excited that we get the opportunity to play. So everybody's, everybody's ready to go. 
What's the atmosphere like uh, within your locker room and around your teammates right now as you bear down on the season opener? Yeah, I mean, I think everybody's attitude is just, you know, it's here. And uh, this is an opportunity for us to, to seize the moment and to, uh, to you know, show, show the world that, that we've been putting in the work this offseason. And, uh, you know, we're just excited. We're, we're ready to go, like I said, so. In your opinion, what's different about this team compared to the other BYU teams that you have been a part of? Um, well, I mean, I, I really think that the chemistry uh, is there, and uh, I think the uh, competitive mindset is, is there as well, and the, and the love for the game. Each player on this team loves to play this game, and um, they, they just want to do everything that they can to be successful this year, uh, to be winners. And so I think that's, a, that's huge for a team that's going to be that's trying to be successful. So it's, it's, it's a good feeling. Defending against Navy is not like defending against most college football teams. How are you preparing as a defense to get ready for that option attack? And then knowing a couple of weeks later after the Army game as well that you're going to have to essentially switch into the defense that you've been preparing for all offseason. Yeah, so... You know, Navy, Navy and Army are both special teams um, and, and great in their own ways, and, and they require a lot of discipline uh, on both sides of the ball. And so I think, I think the biggest thing as defensively is that we can do is just to minimize the mistakes that we have in practice, minimize the mental errors. And, um, you know, what they do as an offense is why they're so widely respected um, as, a, as a football team. And so it's, I think it's a special opportunity. Um, to just get out there and play ball. What's the biggest challenge that Navy's offense will present BYU? Uh, I think they can do a lot of different things, run the ball a lot of different ways. Um, they can mix it up and, and, and throw at you as well. And uh, like I said before, it requires um, a lot of discipline as a defense, each guy doing their, their 111th. And, uh, you know, they're, they're a team that, that uh, you know, um, prides themselves on capitalizing on the opposing team's mistakes. And that's one thing that we can't, we can't let happen. Uh, we got to be, you know, mentally locked in and, and ready to go for them. So. I'm sure you've played through the scenario of opening up uh, a senior season quite a few times, and it, it probably included some fans. This game will not include any fans. How are you preparing for the strange emotions of it all uh, with a big time primetime spotlight on ESPN, but, no actual fans in the stands. Yeah, it's, it's definitely weird to think about. Um, but, you know, like you said, the fact that it's a primetime game on a Monday night, uh, I, don't, I don't get it confused. There's going to be a ton of people watching this game. And uh, the spotlight is, is going to be there. And so more of a reason for us as a, as a team to, to really just – really just lock in and, and, and get the job done, you know, and practice, prepare, ourse prepare ourselves the right way so that we can come, come in Monday night ready, ready to play and, uh, you know, as prepared as we can be. Obviously, tough news, finding out about your teammate and an All-American candidate, Matt Bushman, going down for the season uh, with a ruptured Achilles. You, of all people, can understand how frustrating this can be. So what is your message to Matt, and what's your message to the team about pushing through? Yeah, uh, you know, I got, this, I got asked this question a little while ago. I, it makes me emotional just thinking about it, talking about it, because Matt's one of the best players and people that I've ever met. Um, 
and I, for him to be going through this uh, during his senior year is just it, it's really it's really unfortunate and and I feel for him uh, you know having gone through a major injury um, I, I it's I'm trying to do everything that that I can to uh, be there for him you know be there for what anything that he might need uh, he's in my prayers and and the rest of rest of the team has his back as well um, you know as as what what that means for the rest of the team next it's it's next guy up um other players need to step up and and uh and and do their do their job and uh that's that's all you can ask for as as a teammate is is for guys to just step up and and make plays you've defended against isaac rex who is uh the heir apparent to matt bushman what do you know about isaac rex as a tight end uh, very, a very talented player. Um, I see a lot of similarities between him and Matt. Uh, a guy with a guy with exceptional hands, and uh, a good feel for running routes. And uh, I think he, I think he's going to be huge for us this year. Uh, he's one of those guys that just that just needs to step up, play with confidence, and uh, know that he's that he's fully capable of doing the job. Troy, we'll finish with this. Uh, this has been a long-anticipated offseason for you, and, and you have made it very clear that you want to have a big-time season. Why do you feel like this is the season for you to show what type of college football player you really are? Yeah, so, I mean, like you said, this is my senior year, and, and back's up, back is up against the wall right now, and I want to show that I thrive off of it, that I thrive off of uh, – off of the little bit of that stress that that might that might be I might be going through, um, that it doesn't even phase me. Um, I, I I just want to be great this year, and that's the only thing that's going through my head 24/7 is is just to be legendary, have a legendary season, and you know just be just to exude confidence every snap, every game, and uh, I'm just excited excited to uh, be playing this year and to help my team win games and be successful. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do anything I can to make that happen. Hey, it's nice to have the other Warner brother on Monday Night Football for a change, right? Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> You've earned that. You've earned that spotlight. Uh, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma as we wrap up. So excited for you. I literally had to pull over my car because I'm so ready for football to talk to you, man. So uh, enjoy the karma. Uh, stay in good health, and we'll see you in Annapolis. Thank you very much. Troy Warner on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline via Zoom. Deseret First, you know why we show how. I'm going to be honest with you. I kind of liked the interview in the car. We could start that. That could be like your thing. <laughs> Everybody needs to have a thing. Interviews in the car. Oh, yeah, like car chat. Car chat with Spencer. Yeah, no driving while this is no, happening. No, 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 no. There'll be no Arch, driving, yes. but I, I kind of liked that. Okay. I've seen the interview where the, the person being interviewed was in a car. I've seen that on SportsCenter several right, times. Right. I've never seen the host <laughs> be in the car. I like it. It's a nice look. Now, the thing is, it, it is convenient. Yes, Zoom, it you is. can you can do it wherever you can get a connection. <laughs> so uh, it might not have the greatest optics of a studio, but, hey, if you if you pass on it and our producers pass on it, <laughs> maybe it's a thing, Jason. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, maybe it could start to – we could build around car chats with Spencer. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm throwing it out there. Okay. And if we use that, I need royalty. Coming up. Deep Blue is back for the 2020 season, and we open it up with the quarterback, Zach Wilson. Plus, how do you best put a brand-new Super Bowl championship ring to use? Andy Reid has a few fantastic ideas. This is BYU Sports Nation.
Very excited to say this. Tune in to Cougar Pregame Live on BYU Radio on Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern for two hours of pregame coverage before BYU faces Navy. You can join me along with Riley Nelson, Greg Grubel, Mitchell Jurgens as we get you ready for the season opener. That's Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio. It's happening. It's happening. I can't believe it. It's happening. You're getting on a plane yes. in a couple of days. On Friday, I will fly to Washington, D.C., make the short drive to Annapolis, and we'll do what we can. Are there. they still doing the seats in between? Do we know this yet? I believe so. So you have to have a, so the seats, the middle seat. Open. Mask is required. Open. Yeah. Let's be honest. Nobody likes the middle seat anyway. Traveling's better. Nobody, nobody <laughs> liked the middle seat. As soon as you saw you got the middle seat, everybody was disappointed anyway. Oh, like, man. oh, man. I got that middle seat. Oh. By the way, speaking of middle seat, so on the, the, the trip to Nashville for uh-huh. the Fan Fest. Uh-huh. Okay, so I got – I was on – I can't remember if I was window or – I think I was window. And there was somebody in the aisle. There was also somebody in the middle seat. You wonder who was in the middle seat? Who's that? That would be one of the BYU basketball players. What? <gasps> Gavin Baxter. <laughs> Gavin Baxter was sco- had to be squished into the middle seat. I'm like, Gavin, you know, it's one of those times I'm kind of happy I'm short. <laughs> we got to get G Bax into first class, man. Or at least that uh, economy class, the, bu- the business class, so we can have some extended leg room. Yes, exactly. can imagine it's comfortable for a 6'9 guy. I know. All right, he is Jason Shepard. Uh, all what, five feet nine inches of you? Thank you. Okay, thank you. Is that the is that is that the accurate? Yes, that is accurate. Let's, <laughs> let's just move on. <laughs> I am Spencer Linton, and this is BYU Sports Station. Yep. Accurate heights only. <laughs> let's whip it. I need to dwell on anything? <laughs> Cougar Whip Around, presented uh, by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Jason, start us off, my friend. All right. With BYU making it official that Matt Bushman will miss the season, what are your expectations for Isaac Rex as he now steps into that starting role? I'm going to put Isaac Rex at 30 catches, somewhere between four and 500 yards, and uh, a handful of touchdowns, Jason. I think Isaac Rex is a very capable replacement. He's young, but the coaches are high on him. Steve Clark loves Isaac Rex. He's been tutored by Matt Bushman. Now he's going to get the tutoring that comes in the real-life pace of the game. I like him. I have high expectations for Isaac Rex. Very similarly built. And you heard from Troy Warner. Very similar in the way they play. Now, obviously, he needs to have the experience. But I, I, I like the tools that he brings to that tight end position. Longtime national sports personality Dan Patrick says his sources. Oh, I love sources. <laughs> Granted, I believe in his sources. Have informed the, him the Big Ten Conference is targeting an October 10th start for football. As you pointed out earlier, Jason, Nebraska Athletic Director Bill Moose says there's not really any validity to that report. So which is it? Will the Big Ten play prior to November or not? Look, as of right now, I'm going to say no. There, there's, They had such a – they took such a hard line on that they were not going to play for these reasons. I understand that there's a lot of pressure and in, in some lawsuits that are out there from – from parents of, of kids that want to play and some things like that. When it's all said and done, I, I just don't know how you do that where you play months after the rest of the league start and are you going to try and do a condense so that you, you end at the same time or are you hoping that they'll wait 
and that you can still be involved in the college. I just think there's too many variables. I, I don't see it happening. So I, I looked at the dates, and if the Big Ten is starting on October 10th, they could probably fit in eight games, conference only, obviously, and then play like a Big Ten championship game as the ninth game. Would that be enough, given the late start date and eight wins in the Big Ten plus a Big Ten championship, to be like, hey, include us in the college football playoff? I think that some of the other Power Five conferences might have a beef with that. I think you're absolutely right. Interesting. I, for me, I don't think it's going to happen. I think there are too many moving parts at this point. It just seems too rushed. If they do, wow. But then the Big Ten becomes even more of a service. Agreed. All right. On this day in BYU football history, September 2nd, 2000, mm-hmm. Brett Ingeman led the BYU Cougars on a fourth quarter comeback against Virginia. Now, Ingeman and the Cougars outscored UVA 21-7 to in the fourth, and it was an Owen Pochman overtime field goal that gave the Cougars the 38-35 mm-hmm. win. Where does this rank in the list of Cougar comebacks? I mean, it's probably a top 10 late game comeback. It was Lavelle's final season, so that adds some prestige to it. But this BYU team finished 6-6 six and six in 2000, so I, I'm not sure that... If this wasn't even the best fourth quarter comeback in 2000. It was Lavelle's last miracle against Utah, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, so this is the second best in that season. So, I mean, I don't know, top 15? Uh, it was a fun game, but kind of an overall eh, season to send out Lavelle. I don't even think it was Brett Ingeman's best comeback. Utah State. Oh, down 34 to 7. 30. Look, and they end up winning 35 34. I was at that game. That is the only time I have ever been at what is now Maverick Stadium. I, that's the only time I've ever been in the stadium, and it was that game. Wow, 35-34. Yeah. I, I think that's I think that's Ingeman's best comeback is that one. The old Romney State. Larry King loved both of those. The Jason. Ben Olsen game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not a great aspect of that game, right? Okay, Daniel Sorensen, Andy Reid, and the Kansas City Chiefs received their Super Bowl rings yesterday. In a socially distanced yes, ceremony at uh, Arrowhead Stadium, Reed was quoted as saying, well, you wear the ring for special occasions or if you want a free cheeseburger. You just point right there, show them that ring, and you might get it. <laughs> Jason, if you ever get a Super Bowl ring, when? how would you put it to best use? Look, okay, I don't have a specific use for it, but I would wear it all the time. I know people say it's only brought out for special occasions and they usually like put on a mantle or it's in the safe. I'm wearing it all the time because you never know what a Super Bowl ring could ultimately get you. Could get you out of a ticket, could get you 10% off at a, for a meal. You just never know, so you always wear it. You can save 15% on your car insurance. insurance. Yes, yes. <laughs> get into Costco. I'm just, I'm just wearing it all the Like, sir, we're going to need your membership card. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah. It'll catch you the cheap cheeseburger. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love Andy Reid so much. He's such a great ambassador for BYU. And you're talking about a huge BYU fan. I mean, a direct quote from him to us. To us. In to person. Us in Denver after yes. the Chiefs beat the Broncos was, man, I love my Cougars. <laughs> oh, he's Andy great. Reed. He's great. And he's also the coach of my team. So, Go Chiefs. Pretty cool. Coming up, how about this? A new career for Jimmer? What? We play buy, sell, or hold. Uh, I'm I'm legitimately interested in this. Mm -hmm. Plus, Deep Blue with quarterback Zach Wilson. How a painting project with his brother, Restoration of Sorts, is helping him keep things in perspective on the football field. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by 
the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is game day on Monday for BYU football. That's right. It means we'll be getting you ready for the game on BYU TV with Countdown to Kickoff. Watch as Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and Dave McCann get you ready for the game. And this guy right here, Spencer Linton, joining the program from Annapolis. It's Countdown to Kickoff here on BYU TV, Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Maybe I'll sit in my rental car in the parking lot of the stadium. I like it. (laughs) Actually, I'll be in the press box. Uh, I have not been granted access to the field, Jason. This is a at no point box. can no. you be on the field this pre, a, during, or afterwards. Correct. correct? This is a press box only scenario. I shouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's yeah. the Naval Academy. They've got things on lockdown. Uh, we will have a photographer, Travis Cameron, for BYU TV Sports. Got one of the very, very uh, high-profile credentials to be on the field shooting warm-ups. So if you want to watch warm-ups, this is the place to watch it. You're not going to even see it on ESPN, <laughs> really. Uh, and then I'll be in the press box uh, doing my thing up there and reporting on everything that I can gather. It's going to be unique. Have you ever been to Annapolis? I've never been to Annapolis. I, I have never been there either. That that would be a really cool place to go because of certainly all the history around Sure, Annapolis, but Annapolis there with, with the Naval Academy just would be unbelievable. BYU will fly out on Sunday morning. That was revealed by Kalani Satake and uh, then play on Monday night. They will do so with the starting quarterback, Zach Wilson, who kicks off our deep blue features in the fall of 2020. He's been through a lot in his two-ish seasons as a Cougar. The heralded high school star out of Corner Canyon thrust into a starting role as a freshman. Jason, who can forget the perfect 18-for-18 performance in the bowl game in Idaho, followed by off-season shoulder surgery, dramatic wins at Tennessee and USC. I'm telling you, the kid's been through a lot. And then the broken thumb scenario at Toledo, trying to rush back, sputtered finish, lost in the bowl game, highs and lows. The spotlight has been bright on Zach Wilson, and it's a lot to handle. He's here to explain what that scenario is like. Deep Blue with Zach Wilson, presented by Tim Daly Ford. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. BYU quarterback Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Might not be their best option. Well, I think Zach Wilson being out is a real problem. Zach didn't look the same tonight. Couldn't really get a good grip on the ball. How does this impact BYU spring football? I signed up for it, you know, coming into college football. I knew that everyone's going to have an opinion. Everyone's going to, you know, say something about you. He's had his fair share when it comes to people doubting him and also when overcoming some injuries. And I know he gets criticized and stuff a lot for whatever mistake he makes, but, and I know the quarterback is the, you know, the high-profile position, but I, I promise you there's, there's not a kid that takes it harder than he does. And I just don't know if they realize the sacrifices that these boys make, you know, really just just for their, their team, for their school, for their coaches, for their fans, just to make them proud. Win or lose, they're still doing it for them. Trips left, twins right, empty, quarterback long. Wilson 15, 10, Wilson on his feet, 5, on his feet, touchdown! Happiness for me was was being able to play in front of my family. You know, there's nothing better than, you know, I come out of the tunnel after the game and, you know, there's my uncles and my aunts and my brothers and sisters and the whole family just came out to support. And I, th- I think that just means a lot to me. You know, that's happiness knowing I have, you know, people always behind me. So do you remember your first game? I don't. Yeah, it just turned eight. And it was our first scrimmage game. Well, I guess it was like a real game. It was full refs, everything against Murray. And I think that game you had, I think you ran two touchdowns in and you had a pick six. You remember that? You don't remember that? And I was yelling at you. 
because he jogged the pick six in. Oh, yeah, I remember that part. I'm like, he jogged it. I think he took it like 50 yards. I know you got to remember that one. Every single game, they break it down. They go over every single play. I mean, every single play. You know, what he did different, what he should have done, what he did well but could have been better. And then he, he actually does a little bit of amending, you know, like, but I still love you, son. I knew what it took for him to be good, and I think he, he realized it later in life, probably his, I think probably took to his junior, senior year for him to finally realize uh, how much work he had to put into to achieve his goals and his dreams. So so I was hard on him, and I pushed him, and I've coached all my boys the same way. He says, you know, my parents pushed me so hard, and I missed out on a lot. And then all of a sudden, one day, I was just like, I love this. Like, this is my thing, you know? And if you don't push them to that point of the takeoff, some of them will never find it. They'll never realize what their gift was. During the quarantine, me and my brothers first first started uh, working on the Jeep together. We, we, we didn't know how long spring ball was going to be canceled for. I think it just kind of brought us together. I mean, we were literally, I think, every single day, we'd come out and we'd sit there until 12 o'clock at night just sanding. We'd wake up, blow it off, and we're like, crap, that part's not good enough because we want it to be perfect. So we'd sand the little cracks and stuff, and I think we all just kind of got closer doing it. There was nothing more satisfying than, than leaving that paint shop at the end of the day, and it was it was finished. And it was like, hey, we did this, and it's super cool. Like, not many people can say that they painted a car, you know, off of YouTube videos, having no idea what they're doing. I would say when you're not playing football, it's definitely it's definitely cool to have something on the side that, you know, keeps you entertained, gives you a little relief from football, and it gives you something to you know, kind of explore what you like in life besides, besides football, right? You can't pour all your eggs in one basket, and, you know, you're going to get sick of it quick, so... Uh, it was nice to be able to, to do something as a family and just take a little break from football for a couple weeks. And once we finished up that, it was a really good opportunity for me to go out to California and, and train with uh, John Beck and 3DQB, the guys that I work with out there. So we got to weekends where, you know, football would end around 1 on Fridays and I would hop in the car and I would drive 10 hours to California by myself. And um, I would train with John Beck Saturday morning from you know, 8 to 11 or whatever it is, hang out Saturday night, and then Sunday morning was pretty much the same thing. About 8 to 11, I'd take off and come back home. You got the stones, the jar, and the sand, and if someone tries to put the sand in first, there's not room for all the stones. And when you put the stones in first, then you can put the sand in and they all fit. You know, when I look at Zach, I see Zach as the guy that he knows the value of those stones. He makes sure he's getting all of them in. I think he's even the guy that's like, can I fit this stone into? He demands a lot of respect for the things that he does off the field, puts a lot of time into the game and into his craft, and then studies a lot of football. And I just wanted to go out there and have fun. Right before Zach went to BYU, one time he said to me, you know that song, Humble and Kind? He said, Mom, just always remind me. Just always remind me of this song, to be humble and kind, always. Deep Blue on Zach Wilson, presented by America First Credit Union. We are here to help. Like I mentioned, it has been a roller coaster ride, and it's interesting and always enlightening to hear 
from not just Zach but his family about what the emotions of all that are really like. Yeah, and I just don't think people realize how much goes into – it's not just practice you know, with the team, and then you show up for the games. It, it is so much more than just that. It is years of dedication to your craft, and it's countless hours once practice is done working on things. And you, you heard, um, you know, his mom talking about after games that Zach and his dad will go over every play, each play individually. What could I have done better here? Like the amount of dedication that it takes to be good at this is I, I don't think people understand how much it takes. Yeah, for lack of a better phrase, Zach is very much a football junkie. Like, he can't oh, get yes. enough of the game, of the nuances. If you have a conversation with him about his pre snap reads and <laughs> everything that's going on, it is unbelievable. It's very entertaining to talk to him about what's going through his mind because he will, to the detail, walk you through every little process and step that's going through his mind. He's an incredibly intelligent kid, yep. and uh, the, the challenge for him this year is to take that athleticism, all that study, all that preparation, and now a healthy shoulder and make it into a special Yeah, I'm, I am very excited, to say the least, to see what he can do this year uh, running this offense uh, once and again starts on Monday. Look forward to more deep, wait. deep blue features as well. Kind of those are so well done. Absolutely. Coming up, a truly super rise and shout out. And are you buying or selling Western Kentucky as the most difficult opponent on the BYU football schedule? S and P Plus says it is. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation presented by BYU Food to Go. The MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation continues with, yes, once again, your daily reminder that the show, if you miss any of it, is available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. You can also download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Let's play Buy, Sell, or Hold, presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Number one, Jason, Buy, Sell, or Hold. The loss of Matt Bushman at tight end to a season-ending Achilles injury, not changing your win projections for the BYU football season. Okay, maybe I am, maybe I need to put on the blue goggles. I'm buying this. I, I losing Matt Bushman is massive, but I don't know if it changes the games. I thought BYU would win, or maybe thought that I don't think it, I don't know if it sways anything, especially because of the schedule. I think BYU should still be able to win as many games because of the opponents that they're playing. BYU should be able to manage their way through a much less difficult schedule than what they originally had without Matt Bushman. But Jason, he's a game changer, not just by catching the ball and in the red zone and touchdowns and trick plays. He opens up the field for everybody else. It may be margin of victory that it affects more than wins or losses. See, I think Matt Bushman is worth a victory. I think he makes a play or two or at least opens up the field for his teammates to make a play or two that maybe now cost BYU a game. So I hate to say it, but uh, I'm buying that him not playing is going to hurt BYU by maybe a game. Okay. All right. Buy, sell, or hold the S&P projection of Western Kentucky being the toughest game on BYU's schedule this year. <laughs> I'm torn here because Western Kentucky is at the top of my group and five anxiety index. But it's a home game, and I like the maturity of this team compared to the last two years. Uh, I still think Navy on the road to open the season. 
uh, is the toughest challenge overall. I think Houston's the best opponent. So I'm I'm selling Western Kentucky as the toughest team on BYU's schedule. Yes, I am selling it as well. I agree with you. I think it's Navy. Number one, it's the first game of the year. You're on the road. The other two are in Provo. And with Navy, you're obviously going up against a scheme that you don't face all the time. So I, I, I'm selling that it's Western Kentucky. Okay. Uh, we have this final buy, sell, or hold with the following video from Jimmer Fredette on Instagram. Anyone that has kids knows about that. The kids that. are asleep, yes. so we need to be quiet. <laughs> and the shot goes, and then it gets, gets better because of the dance. Yes. <laughs> Buy, sell, or hold. Jim Fredette having a second career as a social media trick shot artist. Um, I'm going to sell the trick shot artist angle, but as a social media personality and influencer, if he wants to do that, he absolutely could have it. Yeah, I'm going to sell it. The, guy's, the, guy, the guy has way too, too much basketball left in his career, so I'm going I'm to sell that. <laughs> By the way, I don't even know how you do stuff like that. That's insane to me. Our question of the day. We leave Jimmer dancing and move back to BYU. Should we do it in the Jimmer, the kids are asleep voice? No. Uh, Yeah, no. Uh, How does BYU football, how does BYU football rather, gain national relevance this season? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at checks underscore over underscore stripes 59 on Instagram says... Puts blue goggles on. BYU will gain national relevance this season because they will not only win, but dominate all games this year. Losing Matt and Hinkle Rapati is very unfortunate, but I believe BYU will still do amazing things this year. Those ESPN games will have a lot of eyes on our Cougars. All right. All right. Time for our rise and shout outs. Uh, this will probably surprise no one. My rise and shout outs going to Andy Reid, Daniel Sorensen picking up their Super Bowl rings yesterday. Also, shout out to uh, Porter Ellett, who got a ring yesterday as well. Yeah, another BYU. Yes. Ring. Andy uh, Reid. There's, there's the ring. There it is. Look at that. It's beautiful. Good Chiefs. Oh, look at that cheese from Daniel Sorensen. My rise and shout out goes to Emily Bushman for uh, her social media post. She's so positive. She said, thank you to all of our family and friends for the support. We feel your prayers and your love. We're grateful. We still get to cheer on our team. Go Cougs. Our thanks to today's guest, Troy Warner. And conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. For Jason, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Andy Reid. Go Cougs.